Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a comics and pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and the Oscar-winning animated movie, Nick Bro-Pappas. Hello, everyone. Uh, pop culture and yucky sounds podcast. I think that my last sort of uh, throat clearing was caught on. Oh, yeah, we caught, we, we did catch that, but I'm going to edit it out because it was disgusting and people will turn off our podcast <laughs> in, in seconds if they hear that. Some people like yucky sounds. Maybe that can mm -hmm. be our new sort of distinguishing feature. Other podcasts, they try to get that smooth, clear, relaxing sound. We, we get those yucky sounds, that raw yucky sound. Right, that, that, that raw, untamed power that you have in, in your, like... <laughs> Through, we we gotta ability. we gotta let we gotta let the people know that we're just like them. You know, we mm -hmm. we we have yucky sounds too. We make yucky, we make yucky. Yeah, um, anyways, I, th I think that's how we can solve the divide. That's actually country. what that's actually what my Oscar-winning animated movie is about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's about hey, what if the yuckies in you had personalities and lived their own secret life? That's what it's about. Oh boy, um, I'm 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 calling up. <laughs> The studios right now. DreamWorks would love this. Who made Secret Life of Pets? Joe, what do you mean calling this? I already won an Oscar in your hypothetical that I'm playing off of. <laughs> Who are you calling? They already know. I it's it's about it's about five characters. So we have Snotty, who's sort mm -hmm. of Yeah. Snotty's These a little different. Live what? inside a nose. Is that how this works? I didn't see the movie. I'm so I mean, they sorry. Live I they they live inside my body, Joe. It won an Oscar for teaching kids about their changing bodies. So Snotty lives in the nose. But, you know, he's a little different. He's a little different from other yucky things because he's a neat freak. Um, oh. Yeah. I know. Rough, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so what he does is he tries to kick out his friends when there's a nose blowing going on. He sort of kills all his friends. By pushing them out the nose, um, but yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. But for some reason that I can't think of right now, that causes him to sort of be shot down the the you know the throat. You know when that happens, that yucky, that yucky yucky mm -hmm. sound. Um, so as he goes on a journey through the the body and meets other zany yucky sounds, um, such as the comic relief fart, fart and belch, the comic relief characters. Um, I'm sure a love interest. Um, and you know, lots of yucky things. And, um, yeah. And the, in the end he learns that, you know, being a neat freak is kind of annoying and not that great. And that's sort of the lesson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am, I'm really glad that you've received accolades for this, uh, Nick. Um, it, it sounds like a really impressive production. Yeah. It's raw. That's why people like it. Cause it's raw and honest. And it teaches kids things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we actually, we beat out Crude's A New Age this year. Oh, yeah. I did see that one. I did watch that one. It's, um, you know. Are you joking? You, you, know, how my, you, you know how my kids are. They love it when the the, the cavemen the you know, make, the, yeah. make the jokes. Make the jump into they, another stage of civilization. They they love those guys. What What can I say? Okay, so you are joking and you haven't seen the Croods too. All right, me neither. I'm no glad way. we're on the same page. Huh? <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, that's not so out of the ballpark, Joe. People like Croods, man. I think, I don't know why everyone's so negative about the Croods, man. The first Croods, I asked my sister, I was like, oh, have you seen the Croods? And she was like, the new Croods, the new age. And mm -hmm. she was like, mm -hmm. she was like, ew, no. 
And I was like, why? And she was like, because I don't like the Croods. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the first Croods movie was really great. And everybody forgot. Sort of like Kung Fu Panda. Right. I We've dare been say. We've talking about our theory about how Kung Fu Panda is actually a great movie. I mean, I don't think anyone's saying it's not. I think you just sort of forgot. I think that's how the Croods is. I think the Croods was well received when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all I have to say. I don't really, I don't really want to rewatch the Croods to prove that. Nor do I want to watch Croods in New Age. But those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I sort of, actually, until until yesterday, I was sort of convinced that um, Disney's Meet the Robinsons was like a really good movie, um, and it it might still be. Um, but I checked like the it has like a sixty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And, and, you know, I like things, I like movies that have gotten well below that number on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's the, the, the odds are not looking good for my buddy, Meet the Robinsons. No, they are not. Yeah. Speaking of Meet the Robinsons. Speaking of. You know how much I like rom-coms, right? Because Mm -hmm. Meet the Robinsons (laughs) probably has a romance aspect in it. Is that true? it, it, It might. I don't remember much about it. I, I I think it just had very, it had very striking visuals for me when I was six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds nice. Anyways, um, yet again, I have ex- explored the boundaries of rom coms that are actually good. Um, and mm-hmm. boy, do I have one for you. This one's called "I Love You, Comma Man" because it's not a romance comedy; it's a bromance comedy. What? I know. Um, it stars <laughs> Paul Rudd. What? It's it's a good twist. It stars um, okay. <laughs> it stars Paul Rudd. Um, and he's he's dating the lady from Parks and Rec, who's not the main lady. Um, and there's lots of ladies, and but that was a mistake. But uh, her, you know what I'm talking R- about, Rashida Joe. Rashida Jones. Uh, yes, and Rashida Jones. <laughs> Rashida Jones. Yes. Um. He's getting married to her, and they really kind of love each other. And everything's going great, except that they sort of realize that he doesn't have any male friends to invite to the wedding. And he's, like, kind of bummed about this. And Rashida Jones and her friends are sort of making fun of him a little. And he's like, oh, man, I got to, like, really meet a guy. So it follows the exact same formula as a romance comedy, except that he's getting married, and he needs a best man. And that's sort of the Mm -hmm. final declaration of friendship. So he has, you know, he has a number of months. Um and at first he's shy and bad at dating and he goes like speed dating and eventually he meets Jason Siegel at a house auction, I guess. Um, and I should mention before we delve further into this beautiful film that it's like the most all-star cast I've ever seen ever and like didn't expect it, if that makes sense. Like some movies you're like, okay, yeah, I know these famous people are in it. This one I was just watching and I was like, okay, a Paul Rudd movie. And then I was like, oh my God, like every five seconds, I was like, this guy's in this movie. Um, his dad is played by J.K. Simmons. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, J.K. Simmons is in this movie. And then his brother is played by Andy Samburns. Uh, it's got, who else has it got? It's got lots of people. And I don't know, that's kind of a fun aspect of it. Um, it's got John Favreau plays an asshole. And you're like, where is this going with this asshole in this movie? Why is he such an asshole? And it turns out, He's just an asshole. Like, there's no, like, you think the plot's going somewhere? Nope, just an asshole. Um, so it's, it's, it's super fun. Anyways, this is the first rom-com ever. 
since I was, I guess, a baby and watching my first rom-com that I didn't know where it was going. Um, and that's because they sort of tease out elements of it and they, they really make you question what's going to happen. Because with The Friend, it's sort of like, you're like, wait a moment. Like, there's a, there's a moment where Jason Siegel, The Friend, he's sort of a bum and he's, he asks for money. And you're like, money? Like, why does, like, is he going to turn out to, like, not be a great friend? And the lesson is, you know, don't make friends. And like, it literally made me question that for a second. It's kind of like there's this unease at certain moments. And I think that that comes from this movie's ability to write more than one note for any given dialogue or scene or anything or a character. Um, and it happens with Rita Jones too. There's a moment in this movie where you think that they're not going to get married. You're like, wait a moment. Was that the lesson? And because it has two elements, no, I'm serious because it has two elements going for it. The, the, the romance like the classic you know him and his wife his fiance element and the friend element there's sort of a possibility for one of those things to like go badly um you know and you'd be surprised by it and because it has sort of two options for where to go at any given point um because you know i would assume it has a happy ending it's it's it sort of plays with that a lot and it, it makes it more engaging to watch uh, and i think that's great uh yeah there's a lot of subtleties in this movie about characters that are built up, um, which I didn't expect for a movie like this. Um, but Jason Siegel has sort of a, an element to him that he sort of, all his friends, his older friends are growing up around him. Um, that's kind of subtly played in. Paul Rudd is like, you know, he doesn't have any friends. He's sort of ashamed a little bit of like personal stuff and that comes into play. Um, then you have the relationship between him and um, Rashida Jones. Boom, did it. And uh, that has subtleties too, to the point where, when he starts questioning why they are getting married, you're like, oh, maybe they're not right for each other in the end. Um, and that's really great. And so this movie is its actually also very funny. I didn't mention that. Uh, it's very funny. It's constantly engaging. It has more depth than you would expect. But if you're just looking for a rom-com, this is it. Um, I, I This is one of my favorite rom-coms now. I love it. I think I love it more. This is probably top five for me. I think it's really, really great. Wow. And it has a lot of good acting. You I'm, know, it's, I'm impressed. It's funny. It's it's got twists because it doesn't have to like follow to the, you know, you know, classic way it goes. It's got a fun cast. It's got it's got funny funny moments. Yeah, I highly highly recommend it. Okay. I I'm I'm glad uh does sound like a movie you would enjoy and I mean that in the the, the best possible way. <laughs> It's good, Joe. It's a good movie. Don't 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 patronize me. I'm not I'm not patronizing you. I think it's it good, sounds Joe. like a good movie. It sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. It is fun. I All right. I believe you. Neil Speaking Pert things, from Rush is in this movie. Neil Pert from Rush is in this. They go to a Rush concert. I didn't because we were looking up the cast before and I didn't at all real I was like, Neil Pert. And Joe was like, Who's that? And he was like, Oh wait, that Neil Pert? And I was like, I guess they did go to a Rush concert. He was like just in the concert, I guess. I don't like so weird. <laughs> So I don't know how they did that, but cool. Yeah, I do think that, um, yeah, I, I think you're minorly underselling Jason Siegel's role in this as the best friend. Uh, I think that Jason Siegel is actually um, a, a, a great actor. He brought back the Muppets, um, and we should all yeah, think I think he's a great, a great actor, too. I think he's great, yeah. He plays sort of a more of a bummy version of himself in this, and it's, it's great. He's lots of fun. He's very cozy. Mm -hmm. Actually, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that the Jason Siegel he does a good uh, he does a good slacker. 
Yeah, he is definitely a slacker in this. He's he plays it very funny. There's like a couple of moments where this character is like, "Yeah, I just I just live," and like they're on a walk, and he'll just like scream at people because he lets his dog shit anywhere, and then they get mad, and he just like unleashes primal rage, and then and then he goes back to being like stoner stoner Jason Siegel. Paul Rudd's like, "What the heck, man?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, we all have primal rage. You just gotta let it out sometimes." I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Nick. Uh, my thing this week uh, is a movie uh, that came out last year. It's called The Kid Detective. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Okay. Um, so this movie is about a guy named uh, Abe Applebaum, uh, who used to be famous in his in his town as a kid detective, uh, as you can sort of guess from the title. Um, when he was, when he was 12 years old, he, he solved all these cases, all these mysteries, um, and everybody loved him and he was a local hero. Um, but then, uh, a girl who was about his age, um, got kidnapped, um, and he was never able to solve the case. Um, oh and God. in the movie, in the present, uh, now we're 20 years later, um, and Abe is still a detective, but he's pathetic and he hasn't had a good case in years, um, even his parents think that he's like kind of a loser. It's time for him to move on. Um, and, and the whole city has, has fallen into crime and corruption. Um, but one day, um, a teenage girl um, comes to his office and tells him that her boyfriend has been murdered. Um, and he's the only one who can solve the case. Um, so that's your setup. And as, as you could probably tell from that, um, it starts off as, as sort of a, a, a comedy. Um, and there's a lot of pretty great, like deadpan humor, um, in the first half. Um, but as it goes on, it sort of makes this interesting tonal shift where it becomes more and more about, um, Abe's psychology and less about like the gags of like, oh, he's an adult, but he's solving like little baby mysteries. Um, and, uh, it, it kind of becomes a movie about like how it can kind of be traumatic, uh, uh to grow up um it goes to like some pretty heavy places um but yeah i i i really recommend it um it's it's only 90 minutes which is obviously the perfect length for a movie um and i think that nick you in particular will get a a pretty big kick out of um where it ends up and how the the big central mystery plays out i i don't think that you'll be able to guess it um you know my 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 one big complaint if i have any is it it's not really that interesting visually like it's not interestingly shot um it, it it feels in that department often like very standard um but also the the story is more than enough to make up for it um and i think the the script and the jokes and the the mystery are just really smart um and uh because of that it, it, it's still a very compelling watch oh also yeah. every Every character in this movie has an alliterative character name. <laughs> so nice. good. Yeah, this sounds great. I'm almost definitely going to be watching that tonight. You you so should. I don't have anything better to do, so I'm going to. I recommend it really highly. This is going to be your kind of movie. We're talking about Blankets, um, which is an autobiographical comic 
by Craig Thompson from 2003. Um, and it's about him growing up in in evangelical Christian family and also really mostly his first relationship. Um, and at first it's kind of split between two parallel timelines that go back and forth. Um, one where him and his brother are like little kids and the other where he's in high school and he's doing like the dating stuff. Um, but for most of the book, it, it is the, the later thing. Yeah. Uh, what, what, are, what are your impressions of this, uh, of this book, Nick? Um, so I actually recommended we read this one because I, I had seen it once in a comic store and I picked it up and I went and I read, I believe I read part of the, the sexy, sexy town banana pants part with the, you know, the really cool layouts of him making out uh -huh. with his girlfriend. And I was like, wow, great layouts. Um, and then I read a little bit more and I read a bit about, <laughs> it's like a flashback of, of him and his brother peeing on each other. And I was like, this is the best book ever, obviously. Um, so yeah, I was pretty excited to read this and I was sort of already a fan of the cartooning and, um, the interesting, interesting way that it just is. Um, and that was sort of the thing that stuck with me the most, I think. Uh, you know, from my first impression until I started reading it again. So, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on on the art style in general? Mm -hmm. Not to not to foreshadows too much. Do you want to do you want to talk about the the cartooning first? Because I kind of want to do a a compliment sandwich here. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. I just, just the cartooning, the art in general. <laughs> that's what I meant. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So what we have here is um. Thompson's like working in a, a pretty loose style. Um, like I, I, when I say that, I don't want to indicate that it's like careless because it's not. Um, I, I just mean that like all of the, the, the characters are like pretty expressive and they can kind of get to some degree off model at times. And that carries through with like the line quality and the way that, that um, Thompson draws scenes, like especially earlier on. Um, and I, I actually through the whole book, um, perspectives and, and page layouts are gonna become warped based on like the emotions of, of, of Craig um, as we follow him uh, like every everything in the book is designed to emphasize how Craig felt about things um, not how they necessarily were um, which I think is cool and it's it's I guess maybe the approach you have to take with um, with nonfiction especially in comics just like given how like emotions can influence our memories um, and also how I, I I think this book does definitely like lean into fictionalizing stuff at times. Um, anyway, I think, I think his, um, like his, his art and his layouts are like really impressive. Um, especially given that he does a lot of it with like minimal detail. Um, like, like, you know, there, there are just all these like good little, like moody panels or, or like interesting layouts. Like there's one that stands out to me where, um, uh, I forget the context exactly, but he's talking to Reyna on the phone um, for the first time. And there's like this um, uh, gutter that's like the panel border that's drawn between them. Um, and we sort of follow her saying something uh, and then him being like depressed on the other end. Um, and there's all kind of like really interesting stuff in there. Uh, and like, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of tricks in this comic uh, that I saw and I was like, wow, I want to try that out for myself. Um, yeah, that's about what I got. 
Yeah, I think I think things that that phone conversation you're talking about happens a little. Uh, I think that's sort of a, a breaking up more emotion. I I believe, um, mm-hmm. and that's I, I might be I forget where it is. Um, I I think so. Um, and I, I I think that as you get further into this book, it's funny you should say that about you know emotions impacting memory. This is sort of a look back at his you know until college life, I guess, and um, I think that. You know, like you were sort of saying, the things that are focused on and sort of the, the parts that his art, I think, shines the best is is all about this this girl, Reyna. Um, and I think that sort of that point of the book and even after when it's still sort of about her, it's like it's like the layouts and everything sort of explode. They're like way better, more careful, like everything is so great. And like you were talking a little bit about off model stuff. And there's something I'm never going to forget because it was so funny to me earlier in the book um, where he's talking to, I think, a pastor or a minister or something. And he's sort of a, you know, he's a teenager now when you've seen him walking around uh, and he sort of becomes like very two dimensional. And his like eyes are on both sides, like his nose is on the outside, if you know what I mean, like a sort of 2D little cartoon. Um, do you, I don't know if you remember that one, but I was like, that's that's strange and not how the rest of this book has been looking. Um and I think it's very apparent that he sort of puts more care into certain things, and especially when he's trying to hit home an emotion and sort of the parts where he's, you know, just going through a scene to demonstrate something is not really as good for me. So I, I think that it was pretty uh, hit or miss with with the art style. Well, not the art style. Well, yeah, sort of the art style and also the 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 way that, you know, you navigate through the pages were sort of hit or miss for me, depending on, I, I honestly think how much he cared about the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I, I can see that. But that's also kind of fun. And like, it, it also, it makes, makes every page sort of personal. So it was, I mean, it's a pleasure to read, you know, and look at, I think. Mm-hmm. I also like, while, while we're talking about sort of this craft aspect, I, I, I think he, has like a pretty brilliant way of, or just like at least a, a, a very good instinct for like breaking up dialogue um, in his panels. Like there, there's part of that is that it's hand lettered. Um, so there's a bit more like variability in the expression, but the actual way he, he breaks up the balloons and panels relative them to them is like, I feel just really perfectly paced. Um, and, and like even a lot of the comedy, especially, especially like earlier in the book rests on the lettering. Um, and I think it comes across really well there. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't noticed that, but you, I think you're definitely right. Um, sort of diving into story stuff more. Um, I think I, I should get across early that like the, the part of this narrative that like captured me the most um, is the sections where we are at home with Craig um, because at a certain point in the book, splinters off and and he goes to live with Reyna's family for a couple weeks and that's the majority of the book um but I, I I think the the really the most powerful stuff is um seeing what his family is like um like e- even in the um in like the opening scene um he he establishes like the emotional reality of his home uh where um him and his brother are fighting appropriately over their 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 blanket um and their father comes in and it's just like this dominating presence um and and so you you have this 
um, establishment of like these important details about these characters, um, like Craig and his little brother having a, a slightly combative relationship as kids, and but like the the tension between them just being overcome by by uh, their father and like this presence in their life, um, and like their dad is like drawn as like this hulking inhuman creature um, that overwhelms the pages. Um, and I love that. Like you're immediately brought into the emotional reality and the world of these characters. Um, and, and I, I, I think, you know, the, the book main largely maintains the expressiveness of that. Um, but I think it is never quite as engaging when we shift to focusing on Craig's experiences with Reyna. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. I think that stuff with Reyna was maybe not as cartoonish, but I think came across well. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. There's a lot of like abstractions, you know, in in the in the the way characters are, and then occasionally it sort of drops that. Um, but I'm thinking of you know when he gets really emotional, and there's sort of this super surrealistic like his drawings as a kid coming to life out of his mouth you know what i'm talking about remember that scene yeah um, and those come up every once in a while and it's like whoa like you like you could have gone crazy in in the fantasy realm of things and the sort of abstract showing of emotions and that sort of thing so i think i think that you're right in that in with reina that sort of thing doesn't come up a lot like you know the dad's a hulking creature like he has this like abstract reality of showing his intense emotions but with reina it's very much uh more realistic you know it's like i don't i can't remember anything you know crazy or even you know not like a picture happening if that makes sense like it all felt like i could be looking at it in real life mm -hmm. i think there's um you know like you mentioned uh the the uh the the 15 page topless makeout scene <laughs> uh that that gets well yeah but that's not abstraction is it though like it's just, it, like the layouts sure but you know it's like it it does look like two people making out it's not like i don't, I don't know like i guess what i would imagine is you know well uh, not to get into it too much <laughs> but but <laughs> making out is you know when you're doing it is not like mm -hmm. something you look at so you know they okay. could have he could have done something crazy with like you know an art an art thing more than like if you took a picture of people making out does that make sense does what i'm saying make sense to you yeah i get that that I, that that does make sense <laughs> cool yeah like what i mean is like if you took a picture of him being sad earlier it wouldn't it wouldn't look like he was fucking uh, sorry not fucking it looked like he was <laughs> it wouldn't look like he was like being struck by monster lightning you know what i mean like that's just how mm. it felt like his dad probably doesn't look like you know, an, an Italian cartoon mobster. <laughs> um, but Reina looks like a, like a, like a human person. I don't know. Um, mm. But yeah, I guess I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. And I think that we both, we've already talked about this a little and we've already implied it a bunch, but you know, there's sort of an interruption in this book with the, with the length and, and breadth of breadth, breadth of, <laughs> of of the the book just taking it like the, taking this weird left turn and now it's all about him and his girlfriend and like even if you get to the end of the book which is like what 500 pages 600 pages and you're like oh maybe that's not what the book was like all about 
it took up so much time that it kind of just is like that's what the book yeah ultimately ends up being about um which i'm not sure how i don't want to say intentional but like how much of that like how much is this book supposed to be about him and his girlfriend more than like it's sort of a distraction does that make sense like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know what are your thoughts on that do you think it's like supposed to be about that or do you think that it sort of lingers there too long i think there is at least to a certain level like a you can kind of see this in the the coda epilogue part at the end where i i I do think that that thompson is like trying to approach it with like a, a a certain amount of like retroactive emotional intelligence like i think he is trying to be like this is how i saw it at the time this is like but maybe it wasn't like actually so important in the grander scheme of my life. Um, on the other hand, like it, you're right. It, 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 and, and this is like where I actually end up like leaning towards. Um, like, I, I think the book definitely like recognizes to some degree that he's like emotionally idealizing Reyna. Um, but also like, that's most of the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like he might recognize that he does it, but then he also wrote an entire book about it. So like, yeah, like, does like, he like, <laughs> it's, it's just like, so, so do you know, like the, the idea of like this archetype of like the, the manic pixie dream girl? Do you know that? Um, I sort of know how Reina is and I, I, I don't know. Describe yeah. It I mean, it, it, it's basically, um, you know, and I, I might be like warping the perception of this. I've never like looked up a precise de- definition, um, but it's like this idea of this archetype of like, you know, this cool, uh, perfect girl um, that comes into a narrative. Um, and the main character is like the, the, the boyfriend uh, who's living a, a miserable, boring existence until she shows up and it's all s- sunshine and, and happy. And she's so cool. <laughs> um all right like like, like not a real person right she's like yeah yeah it's like this person this this cliche this projection of like what a cool girlfriend this would be (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah that makes sense sort of the way that you know him and his adolescence might view this girl is like he's like oh she was perfect and everything but like clearly she wasn't perfect if they didn't end up together if that makes sense like there must have been some nuance to that relationship between two people um Mm -hmm. which is not entirely explored i would say like it seems i mean maybe a little but i I feel like i don't know reyna as a character at all really more as a yeah i mean i mean so there there are like suggestions of it like of oh she has a lot of responsibilities with her family or oh she has like you know there's that scene where they go to her high school um and she has all these other friends that craig doesn't know about which I, i i really respect the idea of that scene um but also just like if you're gonna do this i really think you need to make reyna an actual character on the page yeah uh i don't know it's like yeah that's that's what kind of makes it less interesting you know once you're in that bulk of that book because it's it is sort of just craig just doting over her and you know him going through events like and you're like you're sort of just sitting there like I wonder if she likes him also like I, you know, like to what extent, like, where is this all going? And that's kind of the only thing that there is to wonder about, you know, like where, like, will they end up together or not? You know, it's like, it's not very interesting. Mm 
Yeah. Um, especially just like in comparison to the first hundred pages or so, at least in my opinion. Um, like you, you, you have all these, I think, compelling parts about like Craig sort of navigating his relationship with like religion and, and, and God. Um, there are these scenes about how he sort of thinks that other people treat religion kind of like as a mass media project. Um, and he also gets like yeah. bullied a lot as a kid. So, so you, you kind of see him building this obsession with like being on the periphery of being on the outside of, of like social groups. Um, and, and, and so you have him like being drawn to religion. Um, but everybody else is always, is like always trying to define what that like special thing for him, like should mean to him. Um, and, and there, there are ways in which we come back to that. There's like, you know, I, I think there's actually a really good scene where, um, he's like going through his old Bible. Um, and he finds like this footnote about the kingdom of God being among people, um, as opposed to like within oneself, like there's a, a contention over whether the translation is accurate between those two terms. Um, and I thought that was like pretty interesting and like powerful stuff. Um, but it also like probably has nothing to do with what most of the book is about because most of the book is like, wow, wow, my girlfriend. Uh, yeah. I, I, what I found interesting was his relationship with his brother, which is yeah. um, sort of well fleshed out in flashbacks. And then there's sort of this gap when he's a teenager and we sort of learn when he's talking to Raina that there's a distance between them. And I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting. And I think it had a nice little conclusion. Um, but it felt like there was sort of a chunk missing of it because sort of the part where they distance wasn't really present. It was just sort of yeah. um, stated at one point. And you're like, oh, didn't know that. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> like, I wish they were friends. Um, and I don't know, like, that's sort of, that's that's also engaging to me. And I, I think especially, like, him feeling guilty about not protecting his, his brother uh, when they were younger is a big one. And sort of the, the you know, because they should mm -hmm. relate on all this trauma that happened to them as, as kids and, you know, they shared a bed like that that seems like a big big part of the book and big part of what's important in this book and it ends up not not being the hugest part of it like it is it is a big part of it but i wish i wish there was more of that um which is just sort of like yeah, another I mean, example honestly it 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 feels like the more interesting thing like maybe just <laughs> make the book about that yeah, I'm sure that he lived, you know, I'm sure he it could have made the book about the, if that makes sense. It's not like, like honestly, time. honestly, I also feel like that would have been like, you know, not to get too much into this. I feel like that would have been more ethical as nonfiction. Like just <laughs> ethical is not what the hell are you saying? I mean, just because like, you know, I, I've 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 done like some some amount of research into like, you know, wow, wow, my girlfriend studies the person that's that Raina's based on to. <laughs> to like make this whole book about her he just made it he didn't and then he published it no he didn't ask oh that's no. not very nice that's yeah. not nice at all uh-oh um i assumed that he did where did you find that research um he did like an older interview with like around like a, i think in the mid 2000s where he says that that's crazy that is crazy can, stuff I can find that, it's it again. so there's so much personal things going on. Mm -hmm. but I guess I guess he changed her name. I don't know, man. It's weird. Yeah, um, there, there's also like stuff that, in that but... interview where he talks. So Reyna is 
um, based character wise to whatever extent you can say she has a character um, on Burn. The on the person that he dated and like went on this trip to her house for two weeks in high school. Uh-huh. Um, but visually, and I think maybe in name or the name might just be made up, but visually she's based on like the person he was dating at the time when he made the book. Damn. Yeah. Damn Craig. Didn't see that. Um, Didn't see that coming Craig. Anyway, uh, we we've, we've talked about it before today. Um, but I think it's really funny and silly that this book, given all that, that this book has a 15 page topless makeout session between the creator and his semi fictionalized ex-girlfriend. Yeah, man, it's weird. <laughs> I was, I was like, man, maybe you should get over this man. Um, I saw that and I was like, yeah, man, this is art. <laughs> comics always got to have that one weird sexy scene is what I've learned from reading lots of comics. They I was always, like, I, always, I, I... <laughs> always always dirty they always got to have that one porno scene no matter what well not no matter I was, what i was very often go- going into this book i was like oh this is going to be like some pretentious thing and then for the first 100 pages i was like oh, this isn't that you know pretentious i'm involved with this um and then i got to that part and i'm like oh no this is one of those comics man i don't know man that's just like i like that you just dropped that bomb on me like it's so weird like Imagine like your ex, I guess that's what happens with songwriters, but this is way worse. This is like, this is like, I guess someone might like a pop star might write a song about you, you know, and like change your name or something. And you're like, oh, that's about me. But those are like vagities in rhyme. I don't know. Like this is, it seems so personal, which I guess is a good thing. But I mean, it it means that I felt like I was watching a personal thing, but it is rather personal. I I might be on the anti-Craig train now. Um, I think I think I I think I am. <laughs> yeah, damn, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like get over your high school girlfriend, man. What are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> why 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 did you just do three hundred pages about about this? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just seems like he's not over her. I don't know. Like, maybe this book helped, but yeah, I mean, I hope it's been like almost twenty years now. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I, I guess our ultimate review of this book is, hey, man, get over your ex-girlfriend, man. This is weird. We yeah. all think it's weird, and we don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, can I, can, I, can I make a comment? Um, and I can't really explain this. Um, it's just like something that has run through my head in the past day or so. Uh, all right. Uh, Blankets is just a worse version of Scott Pilgrim. Not the movie, but the comics. Um, no, it's not. Because in Scott yeah, Pilgrim, he learns he he learns the lesson of of getting over his girl. This one doesn't because the author hasn't learned that lesson. Is my point. <laughs> like, like Scott Pilgrim is. I don't know. I don't know what the author's up to, but like he presumably felt that way once. Didn't get over his girlfriend, and was like, "Huh, that was a good lesson. I should write a book about it for the youth." Mm-hmm. Th- this guy. <laughs> wrote the book and that was the process of him getting over it you know what i mean yeah but that's that's funny man scott pilgrim's great maybe we should do scott pilgrim next week oh we we totally should i i actually what a happy day 
I don't I don't have the books at my um at my dorm. Uh, but I probably reread them recently enough that I could just talk about them. <laughs> From what I remember, you really know Scott Pilgrim, so I don't think it'll be an issue. Yeah, I know that book inside out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Craig, man, this is this is a little this is an open letter to to Craig. <laughs> yeah, we're worried about you, man. <laughs> That's the letter. I mean, all that other stuff we said too, but I didn't want to repeat. You know, like we're worried. I guess. Yeah. It was. It was a good comic. I mean, like it was it had some good stuff. It's a. It's a pretty comic. Uh, it's pretty. Yeah. I don't know if I. You wouldn't call it good. I. I am. I think it's good. I think it's solidly good. It's sort of. It, it found good on the line and just sort of sat there. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of things about this comic that are great, and there are a lot of things that I don't like. <laughs> um which is, you know, messing with my calculus. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it is a very well-crafted comic. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I meant. Like, if maybe if you wrote about something yeah, else, yeah. it would be... Like, maybe, yeah. Totally. Like I, I, would, something... I, would, I would love to see uh, Craig Thompson's um, interpretation of not what he has written about... <laughs> cool all right i think i think we sort of sort out this topic yeah shall we move on to our special dish uh yes let's do it nick um i i i hear you're excited i yes i usually am uh uh this week uh as we do every week um which is funny because it was only just announced last week we're talking about the new avatar studios thing they just oh sick made. yeah i am excited sorry um i think this is sick i'm really excited because the the oh wait maybe i should explain it um <laughs> so it turns out for that new streaming service that you you're all anticipating paramount plus um they're giving Avatar the Last Airbender like like a whole little studio to like make stuff that just goes in that world, just fits right in. Um that's kind of it. Oh, and they're making a movie, right? They're making yeah, a movie. An animated an animated movie that I think is based on Last Airbender and not Korra. It's a little bit unclear. Um, yeah, so that sounds sick. Um, and as an Avatar fan, it's like, wow, like, am I dreaming? Um that it's just been it's been down it's been like man is this universe even like gonna expand or is this just like is this where we end um mm -hmm. and now it's like wow like it's super gonna expand and i don't know like that that to me is really exciting because i feel like avatar it's just like a lot left to explore i think it's like not at all soured out or anything like that and i'm excited for it to get to the level of other big franchises where you know you can sort of be a big nerd about it and talk about history and geography and in a <laughs> fictional place. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not taking quite that uh, like you know nerd lens to it, but I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited to see new Avatar stuff because you know I. I, I don't even know if I have problems with Korra, but I, I, I like Korra. Uh, it's just like not as much of my thing as Last Airbender is. Um, anyway, uh, I. I I'm very excited to see new people tackling Avatar stuff and also old people. Uh, 
I'm excited. Yeah, me me too. I think it's gonna be great. Um, and even if it's not, I don't really care. I mean, it has got me thinking a little bit about like, where does it all end? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like how how like like it happened, and I was like, it's like man, they're just gonna keep making Avatar stuff forever, and I was like, I don't know. Like that's kind of like if you if you if you're the creator of something so beautiful, like a nice fantasy world that you like a lot. Like, is it ever your responsibility to 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 cut it off? You know what I mean? Because it'll mm-hmm. it'll like totally sour out if there's like a bajillion content to it, you know. So it's yeah. I mean, I I, I think it's it's a weird thing in like the the 2020s where like every every mo every like kind of media is like being serialized in the way that like superhero comics were serialized, and I just think it it you know it maybe doesn't work for everything, you know? Yeah, we'll see, though. I mean, I don't mind for Avatar. You know, I think that it's... I think that for now, this is, like, not anything to view negatively. But mm. it's just an interesting question to think about. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to talk about because they haven't, like, announced anything, actually. But I'm I'm really excited. I guess we're all just really excited. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what gets me more on board with this is that, you know, Avatar is a thing or like the the franchise i guess you know because of what happened with cora like it was kind of cut short um and i think if that was maybe like allowed to be more financially successful or like put in front of the right people um then like maybe we would have gotten like a third avatar series after that or like maybe cora would have gotten a, a a slightly more proper conclusion um and so i think that's what's making me like you know, more generally optimistic about this. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little more sandbox than the usual way network TV is, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm cool. I'm excited to see like what kind of projects that I, I I hope it's like artistically interesting stuff and not just like this is a subsidiary of Nickelodeon, so we're going to make the the safest possible media. Um, but we'll see. I don't think so, because well, anyways, let, let's let's move on, Joe. Um, <laughs> all right, Nick, Nick, do you have a, a wise quote for us? This, yes, I do. This one is from Solomon Burke. Loneliness is just a waste of your time. Oh yeah, I'd agree with that. Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a comics and pop culture podcast from minds of Joe Bordner and Nick Protopapis. You can contact us at Out of Our Heads Pod at gmail where you can send us letters or tell us about books that you want covered on the show. Uh, my handle online is at Joby underscore draws. Um, and you can buy our comic Jake escape from bear uh, escape from wizard islands, um, which is linked in the description, I guess uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It would help us out. Uh, stay safe and see you next time. Nick, this was our 50th episode and we didn't talk at all about that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>